This series of the elucidation of Rashi Hodashim is dedicated to the memory of Shilomo Vesolika. Ruach Adonai Tenihem Began Eden. Amen. Being that we're in a small group, I'm going to allow myself to say over some secrets that maybe I would not normally say in a big shi'ur, but being that it's a small group, we may be able to focus on higher, higher level understanding of certain concepts that are not so well known to most people, and I believe it will have a benefit for the hola to reveal new ideas that we can use, something that we could put into action. Specifically, there's a benefit for the woman as well. We are aware that our religion is based on a lunar calendar. That's 12 months. That is based on the lunar, means the moon calculation. Whereas the Guim based their months on solar calculations. It's 365 days because it takes the earth 365 days to make one revolution around the sun. But our calendar each month is based on the cycle of the moon. It takes 29 and a half days plus some change for the moon to start from its small level and it waxes and wanes until the end of the month it's gone and then that cycle starts again. And we commemorate the new moon by celebrating what we call Rosh Chodesh. This is well known. There was a great Mekubal by the name of Rabbi Amanuel Hai Reki. He revealed the following secret that was later brought down also by a sefer called the Bnei Yisachar. They both said the same concept. One of the names of a Kadosh Baruch Hu is Yudke Vavke. That name Yudke Vavke is the primary name of a Kadosh Baruch Hu, that's the Hayah, the Hoveh, and the Hiyeh. This represents the force of God in the creation, the force that was, the force that is, the force that will be. This is the essence, the essence, the essential name of a Kadosh Baruch Hu is Yudke Vavke. And everything in the world emanates from this Holy Shem Yudke Vavke. In some of the Sidurim, if you look in the beginning, it says, when we wake up in the morning, we make a declaration that every time today that I'm going to say God's name, Yudke Vavke, I'm having Kabana, Hayah and that God is Adon HaKol, and God is the Master of all. I'm going to have Kabana the way it's written, Yudke Vavke, the way it's read, Adanut. And it's worthy every time we say this name 
to be mechaven. A good sofer that's writing a sefer Torah won't write the name Yudke Vavke unless he goes to the mikveh. This is a good hidur. When somebody wants to buy a, a good sefer Torah, one of the things the sofer boasts, every time I wrote Yudke Vavke, I went to the mikveh. Kalvahomer, when you say the name, that's only when you're writing the name. Bikdushab Tara, but when you utter the name, the name has tremendous kidushah. I didn't come to confuse you tonight, but I'm gonna do it anyway. The Zora Kadosh writes that the world is guided by ten midot. One of the midot is called Keter. That's the highest midah. That's beyond our understanding. There's another midah called Chokmah. There's another one called Bina. Something is called Chesed. Something is called Gevurah. Something is called Tiferet. Something is called Netzach. Hod, Yesod, Malchut. These are terminologies that we shouldn't be afraid of. Chesed we all heard of. We always want to be under the guise of Chesed. Givura is judgment. We try to keep away from judgment. And everything has an understanding. All these ten midot or sefirot, whatever they're called, God uses them to control the world. Everything in this world either comes from chokmah, bina, chesed, givura, tiferet. I don't know what your custom is, but our custom on the nights of Sukkot, the first night of Sukkah, we have a guest in the Sukkah, it's Abraham Abinu. And we have Kavanah, Abraham is here, that's the night of Chesed. The second night of Sukkot, Ushpizin, is Yitzhak. Yitzhak is called Givurah. The third night is Yaakov, he represents Tiferet. The fourth night is Moshe Rabbeinu, he represents Netzach. And then Aharon, he represents Hod. And then Yosef, he represents Yesod. And then David Melech is Malchut, he's the Melech. So there is ways that we can connect to these midot of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. But there's ten midot. In the name of God, Yud Kevavke, if you look at the Yud, the Yud has a little, like a, a crown that comes off of it, a little, uh, a tag, like a little extension off the top of the Yud, they call that Kutsoshil Yud, the the crown or the edge of the Yud, the top corner of the Yud. That's the highest level. That represents God's Midav Keter. That's the crown of God that's very far from us. The Yud itself represents God's Midav Chokmah. The hair represents Bina. The Vav represents the six Midot. Chesed, Giburah, Teferet, Nesa, Hod, Yesod. And the final hair represents Malchut. So you see, even in the Yud Kevav, is hinted to us all the systems that God manages and runs the world. The tzaddikim, whenever they say Yud Kevavke, they think of all these things. That's why they always read it from a sefer so they can look at the letters. And they mechaven. Everything is in the Shem. All the influence that comes down through the world comes down through the, the Shem Yud Kevavke. There is a Midrash and the Midrash says, why do the Jewish people pray to Hashem and cry out and they're not answered? 
Why are there so many prayers that go unanswered? Lama tsu'akim ve'enam ni'anim. Why do they scream out and they don't get answered? The Midrash's answer is shocking. The Midrash says, Mepeneh she'enam yud'im lechaven et Hashem. Because they don't know to have kavanah when they say Hashem's name. If they would know how to have kavanah when they said Hashem's name, ho ho. <coughs> then they would get answered. But the problem is the people don't know. What do you mean they don't know? I just told you the kavanah, it's very simple. Yud kevavke, haya here. Adonah Kol, master of the universe. You want to be a little more uh, esoteric, the sefirot and all that. What do you mean you don't know? Every three-year-old knows Hashem's name. They don't know Hashem's name? So no, they don't know it. But if they would know Hashem's name, they would get answered. So the rabbi explains what this midrash means. If you take the name Yudke Vavke, and you boggle it, and you switch the letters around, there's 12 different configurations of the name Yudke Vavke, which means I could boggle it in 12 different scenarios. As an example, I could do Yudke Vavke, I could do Yud He He Vav, I could do Yud Vav He He, I could do He He Vav Yud. There's 12 different ways that I can uh, uh, conform these letters. So they write that every month is under the influence of another one of these holy names of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. That means on Rosh Chodesh, once you start a new month, a new name now is, we'll say, controlling the month, and all the hashpa'ah of that month comes through that configuration of Hashem's name. Twelve months, twelve configurations. B'nai Yisaskar writes, if you take the word Chodesh, which is the month. Chodesh equals 312. Het is 8, Dalit is 4, Sheen is 300. That's 312. If you take God's holy name, Yudke Vavke is 26, <laughs> times 12, because each month is under that configuration, 26 times 12 is 312. Exactly the Gematria Chodesh. That's why it's called Chodesh. Because each... Chodesh has that Shem that controls it. So he writes that those people that know the name of the month, like you have the book of the month, so there's the name of the month, those people that know the configuration and they have a certain kavanah at a certain point of the tefillah, their prayers will get answered for that month. And he quotes a pasuk that we say in Tehidim. It says, I will protect Am Yisrael because they know my name. 
Yikra'eni ve'enehu. They will call out to me and I will answer them. And I will be with them in their troubles. Why? Because they know my name. And which name is that? The name of the month. And the beginning of the Pasuk says, Ki bi hashak. They desire me. Va'afalitehu. Hashak is like a desire. Ki bi hashak. The Jewish people, they anticipate, they desire me. And God says, because of that, I will protect them. Ki bi hashak. The desire is in me. Va'afalitehu. So the B'nai Yisachar writes the word bi. Is bet yud. Or yud bet, which is 12. Those people that know the B, the secret behind the 12 months, Kibi Hashak, they understand the concept of the 12 months. I will answer them. And he says, Where are you supposed to have this kabana? In the Musaf of Rosh Chodesh. I'm sure the woman pray Musaf on Rosh Chodesh as well. There is a beracha, Baruch Atah Hashem, Mekadesh Yisrael, Verashe Chodashim. That's the beracha of Musab. Over there, when you say Baruch Atah Hashem, Yudke Bavke, instead of looking at it as Yudke Bavke, you think of the configuration of that month at that point. And that's what the Midrash means. If the people would only know my name, they would get answered. But they don't know my name, so they're screaming out to God the whole month. And uh, since they don't know the name of Hashem, they're not getting answered. In some of the Sidurim, Baruch Hashem, today that they have, on the, over the counter, they put in the Musaf, the Kabana for each month. You're in luck tonight, because I'm going to tell you the configuration of the upcoming month, which is Iyar. Which you'll benefit greatly because you can have this Kabana on Sunday and Monday, which is Rosh Chodesh, which sets you up for the next 30 days. I cannot go through the whole 12 months tonight. But there is one caveat, if I'm going to tell it to you, is besides knowing the configuration, there's also nikudot that you have to know. But it's easy to remember the nikudot because every month the configuration is based on a pasuk. For example, let's talk about Nisan that we're in now. Take a guess. What do you think the configuration of Nisan is being the first month of the year it's straight you don't have to boggle anything in Nisan you start as it is that's why the month of Nisan it's called Chodesh Ha'aviv Aviv stands for Av Yudbet it's the the father of the of the twelve because all the twelve months are based on Yudke Vavke no matter how you configure it, it's all from the Yud Kevavke. So the Av of the Yud Bet is Nisan, which is Yud Kevavke. Which Pasuk does Nisan come from? So the rabbis tell us, a Pasuk that you know. 
ישמחו השמיים ותגל הארץ. ישמחו השמיים ותגל הארץ, אז ראשי תיבות י"ה ו"ו, ישמחו השמיים ותגל הארץ. And under the Yud there's a Hirik, Yismichu, Hashamayim, what is there, a Patach, Vetagel, there's a Sheva, Vetagel Ha'ares, what is that, a Kamatz? Good, so that's the configuration, Yud Ke Vav Ke with the Nekudot of Yismichu, Hashamayim, Vetagel Ha'ares. But you missed it already because we prayed Musaf three weeks ago. But if you make a note of it, you remember it for next Nisan. What is the configuration of Iyar? So the rabbis tell us, it actually comes from a pasuk in the Haftarah, of Parashat Sav. It's also well-known Pasuk. Ko Amar Hashem, says Hashem, Al Yitalel Hakam Bechokmato. If a person is endowed with Chokmah, don't glorify yourself how smart you are. Ve Al Yitalel Gibor Begburato. And if you have physical strength, don't tout yourself, oh, I'm such a Gibor. And if you happen to be well off, wealthy, don't boast so much and be proud of your wealth. Because that is all really a gift of God. From Hashem is Chokmah. Moshe was the wisest of all men. And at the end, he also passed away. And Shimshon was the greatest of the Giborim. And he also is no longer... And some of the greatest Jewish kings that had super phenomenal wealth, they're no longer either. So the wisdom doesn't give you eternity, nor does strength guarantee you eternity, nor does wealth. So what, what can we proud of then? What can we rely on that will give us a piece of eternity? With this item. If a person wants to be proud, Haskel v'yadowauti. Haskel v'yadowauti means, probably the English, in discerning and knowing me. Which means, you could be proud of one accomplishment in life. And that is what? Emuna. Haskel v'yadowauti. If you have good emunah, you know me good. The more you know me, the stronger your emunah is. This is something you could say as an accomplishment. Wisdom, wealth, givurah, this is all physical stuff. <clears throat> or not physical, these are things that you didn't do it. God gave it to you, it was a gift. People are born with a high IQ. People are born muscular. People are born, they have mazal, they have wealth. It's nothing you really did. But emunah is something you could be proud of. Haskel v'yadawa. If you developed your muscles of emunah, this, the pasuk says, you can be proud of. And that's the configuration of iyar. Yithalel. Hamithalel. 
השכל וידוע. Let's go slow. יתלל המתלל לז'ודקה, יתלל המתלל, השכל וידוע, הבב. So it is יוד כה, הבב. It's almost like Nisan, it's just the last two letters are flipped around. Instead of Yud Ke Vav Ke, it's Yud Ke Ke Vav. And the Nikudot would be this Pasuk. Yitalel HaMetalel, so it's a Chirik under the Yud. HaMetalel has a Patach. HaSkel has a Patach. And V'yadoa has a Sheva. It's your lucky night, now you know the Shem. I would venture to say nine and a half out of ten people don't even know what we're talking about. If you went in the street and thought, by the way, I, I don't have my CW, you know the Shem for ER? They want to know what you're talking about. What Shem for ER? Yeah, that's the Shem. No, the Shem Hashem for the Kabbalah Musaf. No, that's not I'm not a Kabbalist. I'm not into that stuff. It's nothing to do with stuff. This is something even simple people like ourselves can do. You don't have to be uh, in the clouds to have this kabana. And you shouldn't be intimidated from this kabana. If it's brought down in the Sfarim, that means it's for the regular people. I agree. I'm not proposing tonight that you should go out and buy the Sidur of the Rashash. Because that we wouldn't even understand how to look at it. This is too beyond us. But a simple kabana like this, why not? means Iyar the Midah of Iyar is Emunah because all of the power of the month comes from the configuration of the name and since the name of Iyar comes from this Pasuk that means in this month if you want to work on Emunah this is the month to work on it where we're able to strengthen our belief system which is, the, which is the key. I wondered why that wasn't the configuration of Nisan. Just start off with Emunah. Would, would, you, would you wait till Iyar to give me Emunah? Emunah is the Aleph bit. You know what I saw brought down? We didn't have it this year. But on Pesach, Sometimes the Shabbat of Pesach falls out on Cholam Mo'ed. This year we didn't have Cholam Mo'ed Shabbat. Cholam Mo'ed was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, as you all know. Shabbat was already Yom Tov. But when Shabbat is Cholam Mo'ed, they read a special Haftarah. And I never understood why we read this Haftarah on Shabbat Cholam Mo'ed. It's from the book of Yehezkel. God tells the Prophet Yehezkel, go to the cemetery. And over there you're going to see dry bones. Atzamot yibeshot. Bones of people that died many, many years ago. And the, God tells the prophet, what do you see? So I see dry bones. And God tells the prophet, prophesize on the dry bones that they should live. And all of a sudden, the prophet says some words that God tells them. All of a sudden the bones start to produce veins and then flesh and then blood. And all of a sudden you see a body, but they didn't have life. So God says to the Prophet, now 
prophesied that the bones should have life. And all of a sudden, there was Tihiyatamitim, and these dry bones were resurrected. And God tells the Prophet, Bin Adam, you see these bones? This is Am Yisrael, these dry bones. It's a great haftarah, don't get me wrong. It's an amazing thing. You see it in the, in the, in the open miracle. But what's it got to do with Pesach? Why did they pick that on Holland White Pesach to me? They have so many haftarot to talk about other more related topics. So I saw Protan today in Sfarim Kedoshim. They said because the rabbis were worried about a danger that happens after the first two nights of Pesach. When we went to school, everybody told us, Ah, Mashiach's coming in Nisan. And on the night of the Seder, that's when he comes. And therefore leave your door open because Eliyahu Nabi is going to pick you up. And we are very, very committed to the night of Pesach being the night of Geulah. And we do so many different rituals to symbolize that this is going to be the year of the Geulah. And we're so sure of it. That's it. Next year, whatever it's the last Seder we're making over here, wherever we are. And then what happens after the first night is said that we wake up and we're still in Brooklyn or we're still in Miami, wherever you are. Nothing, nothing changed. And then all of a sudden, it's okay, well, we have two nights. Second night comes and goes, we're still in Galut. And there's no sign of anything. We're, we're figuring we're going to go to Shul, we're going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, did you hear? The, the Beit HaMikdash came down. I hear nothing. And we only hear more troubles. And everything is the same. So what happens to Am Yisrael, we start to become a little depressed. We start to become a little, uh, they put us under false hope. Uh, we thought this is going to happen. Uh, it's the same old thing. And then we say, uh, maybe it's never going to happen. We're never going to get redeemed. And we start to make yush. And we start to become desperate. And instead of having a simhata hag, we start to say, what is the business? I took nothing. So the rabbis were so smart, they said, you know what? We need to show Am Yisrael that even the dry bones that were in the cemetery, Bore Olam was able to come and revive them. And the Navi says, Ben Adam Atzamota Ele. Call Beit Yisrael Hema. That's Klai Yisrael, because we're also dry bones. We're all dried up already from all the tzarot and all the troubles of Parnassah and all the mahalot and all the stresses and all the... And already everybody tells us this year's Mashiach and don't worry, all the simanim and everything. And just pack your bags and we're going to get ready. And he, this one I had a dream and this one says it's going to happen soon and this one tells us all the, all the signs in Gemara Sota already manifest. And then the tzarot is still coming upon us. So God says, you are the dry bones, Am Yisrael. But don't worry. Just hold on, even though you're in the worst situation, but Allah says, I can revive you. And be patient. The Geulah will come. This is like a, uh, a consolation to us on Pesach. That even though 
it didn't happen yet and you're drying up and you're morbid from this don't worry it, it will happen and then we say to ourselves you know what Nisan isn't over yet they didn't say it has to be the first night of Pesach. They said that night is maybe more suitable than other nights, but it can come, uh, you know, the whole month. Now it's already the 26th. So we still have a few more days. And then what happens, unfortunately, after Nisan passes, if he doesn't come within three days, now we need to strengthen our emuna. Always after Nisan, we're on a down. Just a month that we were touting since Purim, we're talking Nisan, Nisan, and the ladies, all the preparations that they made. Ravlevi Yitzhakmi Bardichev, when he would blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, he would make the following Mishiberach before he blew the shofar. He would say, It says that the angels come down. And they bring up the sounds of the shofar. And they bring the sounds up to the kisei kavod. He says, who am I, Levi Yitzhak from Berdichev, to summon the angels to come down and bring up my tiki'at, teru'at, shivarim. I am not worthy to have the angels deliver my tiki'at. But instead, I will tell you what the angels can deliver. All that noise of the ladies cleaning the homes for Pesach. All the noise when you move the couch makes like a tiki'ah, and the rattling of the pans, and the clinking of the, of the cutlery that sounds like a shivarim. All that noise of those women that clean for Pesach, that I could tell the malachim to go take those sounds, and that's even more valuable than my shofar. That means the preparations that we made for Pesach, according to have even a higher madrigah than the shofar and Rosh Hashanah. And we did it all. We did it all. The adayin, lo no sha'anu. We're not saved. The problems didn't go away. They told us, eat the matzah, and the matzah is a cure-all, and it heals us, and we saved the afikoman, and we did all the sikulot of the, of the night of the seder, from the Kadesh until the tzah, thinking that after it's all over, all these zikuyot, something's going to change. And then all of a sudden, the month of Nisan is over, and we're back to regular month again, Iyar. And therefore... The month of Iyar, we need to mehazek our imuna. So the Torah says in Iyar, yitalel mitalel haskel v'yadawa. Maral from Prague writes that that's why Iyar is the second month because the number two is different than any other number. What does he mean? He explains. Whenever you see the number two, you need to strengthen your emunah. Out of all the numbers, two doesn't make sense. Every other number can make sense. Why? He says, the number one 
One is something that stands alone. One, there's no questions. There's no mahlokit. There's no division. It's perfect. It's whole. One is a whole number. It's perfect. One is Hashem. Take the number three. Be careful. Be careful. Keep her, keep, she's listening, she's listening, it's okay, it's fine. It's good, it's good fun. Doesn't bother. Three can also be something that's complete. Because if I have three lines, I can connect them. Three lines, I can make a triangle. It's complete again, it's whole. Four lines... I could connect them, make a square. Five lines, what is it? Uh, 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 the pentagon, and then the hexagon, and the octagon, all the different, no matter how many lines you have, after two, you can always connect them. But two lines, you cannot connect. Two lines, no matter how you, it's, they run separate. Even if you connect them on the bottom, they're not connected on the top, they're, they're separate. Therefore, in the second month already we have confusion. We don't have something that's complete. It's, it's something that's not a full, complete circuit. Once I can connect something, it becomes one. But two always remains two. That's why on the second day of creation, day two, it does not say Kitov. All the other days it says Kitov. And the second day it doesn't say Kitov. We read the Mizmor every single day. And every day it's another Mizmor. What's the Mizmor on this on Monday? We talk about Korah. Korah is division. That's the second day. Nisan, we're all fired up, and then Iyar comes, and the second month already, our, our Imunah is being challenged, and therefore God put a great kawah in the name of the month to recharge your Imunah battery. Maybe you were let down in Nisan. Maybe you thought higher aspirations or higher anticipations, and therefore when we fall out of the high level of Nisan back to the reality, God was Magdim Rifu'ale Makkah. So on Rosh Chodesh Iyar, he puts Haskel V'yadawah, the Kawah of recognizing Hashem more in this month than any other month. Just a side point. In history, in the month of Iyar, if you look in our Torah, that was the month that our arch enemy Amalek attacked us. It happened in the month of Iyar. Now I understand why. Why did they wait till Iyar? Because since the month of Iyar is the month of Imunah, Amalek doesn't come on a physical level to fight us. They come in a spiritual level. They came, ah, this is the month where Am Yisrael has Haskil V'yadawa. Then we come attack. There was a great rabbi called Rabbeinu Wa'ari. 
He said something very cryptic. There is no reason why you shouldn't allow yourselves to open your minds to hear things that are above your level. It would be very easy for me to come here, believe me. To give that a short like this takes great effort because we're explaining concepts. It's much easier to come tell you stories of the tzaddikim. But again, because it's a small class, we're able to go on a little higher level of something that you might not hear outside. There was a great rabbi called Rabbeinu Ali. He writes something very enigmatic. He says, Nisan is tefillin of Rashi. Iyar is tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam. Slow down. What is tefillin of Rashi? What is Rabbeinu Tam? If you look at my tefillin bag that I have in the synagogue, I have a talit. On top of my talit is a sidur. It's on the right side. On the left side, I don't have one pair of tefillin. I have two pair of tefillin. When you take out the first pair of tefillin, on the bag it says Aleph Mem, for Eliyahu Mansur, for my name. That's nothing to do with Kabbalah. And then, underneath it, it says Rashi. How did Rashi? I know what Rashi is on the Gemara. I know Rashi on Humash. What is Rashi doing? It's not Rashi Tefillin, trust me. What is Rashi doing on my Tefillin? And then even better, you take out the second pair, also it says Aleph Mem, that you know what it is already. And then underneath it says, Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam was the grandson of Rashi. Rashi had a daughter called Yochevet. Yochevet had a son called Rabbeinu Yaakob. They nicknamed him Rabbeinu Tam because it says Yaakov Ish Tam. So instead of calling him Yaakov, they called him Tam, Rabbeinu Tam. He was a great rabbi, Rabbeinu Tam. Maybe you heard of Tosafot, Rashi and Tosafot. He's like the main rabbi of the Tosafot. He lived about a thousand years ago. There was a great Sephardi rabbi that was his friend. He was called Ibn Ezra. Ibn Ezra was marveled by the Ben Utam. He referred to the Ben Utam in one of his letters, Hamikdash Vehaharil. You, you like the Bet Hamikdash? We never saw a towering figure like the Ben Utam. So, what is the, the father and the grandson doing on my tefillin? <coughs> this is good information for you to know. One of the greatest arguments in Jewish history was between Rashi and his grandson. This is like world war, this mahloket that I'm going to tell you now. Everybody agrees you have to put tefillin on your arm and tefillin on your head. There's no argument. Everybody agrees they have to be square. Everybody agrees they have to be black. Everybody agrees that the shel rosh has four compartments. No argument. And everybody agrees what you have to write in the tefillin. Everybody agrees that there's four parashiyot. Kadeshli kol mechor, vehaya ki yeviyacha, shema and veahavta, that's one. 
and the Hayayin Shamoah. Those are the four parashiyot in the Shema. So where's the, where's the World War I? Where's the argument between Ashina and Benutam? The argument is the order that you place these parashiyot in the tefillin. There's four boxes, there's four compartments, yes? So that she says, in the first compartment you put Kadesh Likol Bechor, in the second compartment, in the third compartment, Shema and Ve'ahavta, and the fourth compartment, Ve'ahim Shemawa. Exactly like they're written in the Torah, in the order that they're written in the Torah. You just follow the same sequence. That's why if you buy tefillin and you want to make sure that you're getting the order that I just told you, you tell the guy, listen, I want tefillin Rashi, based on Rashi's order. What did Rabbeinu Tam say? He said, that's not the way you write the tefillin. Wrong. Rabbeinu Tam said, my grandfather had the right parashiyot, but he had the wrong order. In the right tefillin, you're supposed to put Kadeshli, and Shema at the end. And he writes in the Tosafot, You're supposed to put the two Vehayas next to each other. So it's Kadeshli, Shema. Who's right? Now what do we do? The Gemara says, if a man doesn't put on tefillin, he doesn't come out of Gehinam. It's one of the sins, if a person doesn't wear tefillin, he remains in Gehinam, not for 11 months or 12 months, he does not come out. So which tefillin are you going to wear? So I'm nervous, maybe that she's right, maybe that Ben Tam's right. I don't want to go up after 120 years with my Rashi, and Rabbeinu Tam is going to meet me in Gan Eden and say, listen, buddy, <laughs> you never wore tefillin. Yeah, but I followed the tefillin of your grandfather. I don't know like my grandfather. According to me, you never put on tefillin. I'm, uh, I vote you should go to Gehinnam forever. So I don't want to have a confrontation with Rabbeinu Tam, nor do I want to get involved with Rashi either. So to hedge, I put on both tefillin every morning, so I'm covered. But I really want to know... Who's right? Is Rashi right or is Rabbeinu Tam? How could you have such a basic argument? There was a great rabbi called the Ben Ishchai. You know what the Ben Ishchai says? Mind-boggling. Ben Ishchai says, hold on to your seats. He says they're both right. So much so that they're both right, he says. Moshe Rabbeinu wore two tefillin. He says, this is not a mahloket where one is right to the exclusion of the other. They're both right. That means when God gave the Torah to Moses, he, he told them there's two tefillin you have to wear. And Moshe Rabbeinu didn't do what I did. I put on Nashid and I take him off, I put on a bit of time. Ben Ishchai says Moshe Rabbeinu wore both of them at the same time. And guess what? There are great rabbis that live today that every single day they wear two tefillin at the same time. They wore small tefillin because otherwise you can't fit on your head. So they have Nashid they put on and then they put another tefillin simultaneously. Incidentally, Rabbeinu Tam is on top. 
and they put two on the hand. It's like they have 14 straps. That's a good history. There was a great rabbi. They call him, he wrote a book, She'elot u'tshuvot min ha'shamayim. It's an amazing sefer. This rabbi, ah, I wish we had a long time to expound because I'm cutting these big topics. He used to go to sleep, this rabbi, and ask Hashem a question before he would go to sleep, and he would dream the answer, and then in the morning he would write, in the dream they told me the following hadush. She'elot u'tshuvot min ha'shamayim. One night he went to sleep and he asked Hashem, who's right, Rashi or Rabbi Tam in the Tefillin? You know what they told him in the dream and he writes it in the Sefer? He says, they told me in Shamayim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu holds Rabbi Tam is right, but all the Malachim in heaven argue and say Rashi is right. That means the Mahlokit in earth is already a battle in the heavens and HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes Rabbi Tam's side. So it's, it, it's still uh, an open argument. It's the, the, the jury is still out. We don't, we don't know. But the, the British guys, they're both right. And really, I found a Zorah Kadosh that says that in Olam Abba, when Mashiach comes, all we're going to wear is the Benu Tafti All the Rashis are putting Geniza, and everybody's going to be the Benu That Zorah Kadosh says. I think in Parashat Pinchas. Okay, all that's very nice. But what does it mean when it says Nisan is Rashi's Tefillin and Iyar is Abin Utam's Tefillin? You know what the explanation is? Simply, Rashi says you're supposed to put the Tefillin in order, in order like it's written in the Torah. Follow the order, the sequence. Nisan is the order of God's name. Yud Kevavke. It's the sequence. It's, it's the normal way of spelling Hashem's name. That's like the Fidel Blashi. Sequence. What's the month of Iyar? Yud He He Vav. The He's are next to each other. That's like Vehaya and Vehaya. The two Havayot. The two He's are next to each other. Yud He He Vav. That's the Fidel Benutam. But on a deeper level, you know what it means the two vehayas are next to each other? Guess what? The word vehaya is the same letters as yud kevavke. Vehaya is yud, same letters. The two yud, vehaya, vehaya next to each other. The Gemara says, in this world, we read God's name one way and it's spelled a different way. We spell it yud kevavke, but you're not allowed to read it that way. You don't read hasvashom yehu, you don't say it. It's written Yud Kevavke, but we read it Adanut. Because in this world, Yud Kevavke is mercy. Adanut is judgment. To us, it's... We don't see how the judgments of God are mercy. So we can't really read God's name explicitly because we don't see the mercy of God a lot of times. To us, it looks like judgment. So we have to read it Adon. Adon is strict. Even though when we look at it, we read it, we see Yud Kevavke, but 
אבל אצלנו זה במשיח קמץ ביום ההוא יהיה אדוני אחד ושמו אחד. Then God's name is going to be red יוד כבבקה like it's spelt. We're going to not going to say ברוך אתה אדון anymore. זה ברוך אתה ש... ברוך אתה... We're going to say it. Because when Mashiach comes, we're going to see that even the strict judgment is really mercy. Then there's no more Adanut. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I like Rabbeinu Tam's Tefillin. Because the two Havayot are next to each other. It's Havaya, Havaya. The Yud Kebab, Yud Kebab are back to back to each other. It's all one. There's no dichotomy between mercy and judgment. It's all mercy. But in this world, we don't see it. So this world is the world of Tefillin of Rashi. But in the month of Iyad, it's Tefillin of Benutam. In this month, you're able to reach levels, Haskel V'yadoa, where you can recognize God's infinite wisdom, that even the judgments, God is so deep and He loves every one of us, and He never has an intention to hurt us, and His intention is always for the betterment of a human being, and He loves us more than we love ourselves. That's what we have to believe. God is our friend. God is a loving Father, and even though our limited wisdom cannot understand the ways God works, and everybody has tzarot. So in this world we say, well, I cannot read Yud Kevavke, it looks to me like Din. Yeah, take out Ashi Tefili. But there will come a time, and the month of Iyar is like a futurama of the way it's going to be in the future. Where God says, Haskil v'yado, and this month, Iyar stands for, Ani Adonai Rofeecha. I am God, your cure. Not only physical cure, but the month of Iyar is able to cure us from all our doubts, from all our sifikot, from all our questions, from all our skepticisms, from all our bitterness, from all our questions or anger that we have against Kavyachol HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hasmi Shalom. The month of Iyad is a rifu'ah because it brings us back to the imunah. And when do you pray for this? In the Musaf. This is a golden opportunity. Baruch atah Hashem, you think, Yud, He, He, Vav, with the nikudot of Yitalel, Amitalel, Haskil, V'yadoa, and your kavanah when you're saying that is nothing more than, God, I want to understand you this month. I want to have acceptance this month. I cannot wait to wear my Rabbeinu Tam in the month of Iyad. I look forward all year to wear Rabbeinu Tam during Iyad. Because that's the month of Rabbeinu Tam's Tefillin. The Havayot are next to each other. Yud Kevav, Yud Kevav. It's all the same. It's all one. Sometimes you go to a class and you walk out of the class. Oh, I knew everything he said. I heard this already, basically. And then other times you go to a class and I never heard any of this stuff. Those are the classes that I like. You're supposed to walk out of a class, you go, the rabbi can never win. If the rabbi repeats, they say, well, uh, we know that already. And if he says something new, they say, well, you never heard that. Well, that's why you come to class. There are things that you never heard. There are new things. They broaden your horizons. Of course, these things have to now settle. And you have to digest. But your real question should be after the class, Rabbi, what's Sivan? What's the next month's Shem? I want a list. Where do I get all... Uh, I want all 12. I, I don't see you every month. Then what's going to be next month? Where, where, where are we meeting next month so you can give us the secret of, 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 of Sivan? And then what's going to be in Tammuz? We're in the summer. We're, 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 
This should be your question. Where do I find all 12 configurations and where do I find somebody to explain to me the essence of every single month? That's a good question. I once gave this class in one of the seminaries. Every kid in the seminary, every Erev Rosh Chodesh. Rabbi, what's the, what's the configuration? I didn't even know how they got my number. It's like Hillel when he climbed on the roof to try to understand that they found it. Somehow they, 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 they located But this is not something for a text. You're going to stop putting Shemot HaKodesh in a text mail now. It's not appropriate, obviously. But that's what the Pasuk says. Asagevehu, you will be protected. Ki Shemi. Because they know my name. Yikra'eni ve'enehu. And when they call out to me, they'll be answered. So we have what to pray for this month. But it takes a, a preparation. Yiratzon, that in zechut of this new preparation for tefillah, as we approach the new month, maybe we won't have to approach, maybe this whole class is about Achal because Mashiach comes tomorrow, then it's finished. Then you don't have to know Kavanon or anything. But in the unfortunate event that we're going to need the kavanah, it should be of a toilet. And it should work. It should be a refu'ah, like it says, Iyar ani Adonai rofe'echa, for the chola penina bat ashira, and kol chola amu Yisrael. And the fact that we just came tonight to hear some devret Torah, that alone is refu'ah. The Gemara says, Hashber Oshoi Asuk Torah. Somebody has a headache. So the Gemara is giving a rest, a, 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 what do you call, a, a prescription. He asked me, Hashbir Tylenol, Hashbir Advil. What are we talking about? Hashbir open up a book. Open up a Gemara. Hashbir Yadav, Yasuk Baturah. Hashbir Aglav, Yasuk Baturah. The Torah is a cure all. So there is logic. Whoever thought of this idea was a very good idea. To connect a class to somebody that's sick. In the, in the medical world, they don't know the connection. What is sitting here going to help somebody who's not feeling well? This hasn't been proven scientifically, but it's not my interest. The Gemara says, That means this is the greatest refu'ah. So we have a double, double barrel between the Torah that we studied tonight and the tefillah now that we have enhanced. And the Geminut Hasadim of the Balabayat that opened his house for such, a, such an event, well, it's a hat trick, like they say in one of the sports. You have all the Hutam Shulash, Lobe Menayin Atek, Torah, Avodah, Begimut Hasadim. And Takal Kadosh is our blessing that Bezat Hashem, Bezchut Hashemot Kedoshim. We should all be Zochet to health and prosperity in Yishuvadat. And the main thing is, Emunah Peshuta, the God should clarify and straighten out all the dents in our belief system that it should be emunah peshutan, emunah yeshara. And b'schut of that month of Iyar, we should be zokheh to tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam, where the Yudke Vavkes are next to each other, where there's no separation between midat adin and midat ha'esed, and we should be zokheh to the yitalel ha-mitalel ha-skel v'yadowam.